0: Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're now at our week three of our series on miracles. We've been talking about the miracle, the miraculous signs that Jesus and that John, the Apostle John, recorded in the Gospel of John. And these, each one of these miraculous signs reveal an aspect of who Jesus is, his character, his person, and his work. And we would like to, and we're journeying together. And in the past two weeks that we've been talking about this, we've been believing God for miracles to happen in your own life. Uh, Coming from the prayer and fasting, we're really believing that you encountered God during that season. God gave you clarity of direction for the year. And we're really believing that the Lord will do breakthroughs, personal breakthroughs and family breakthroughs para sa inyo. We'd like to invite everyone now to stand as we begin. uh, Begin by reading from John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Okay. So if you could read with us, this is John chapter 5 verses 1 to 15. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And, when I'm going, and when, while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed And walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, uh, that man said to me, Take up your bed and and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Let's pray. Lord, we're excited to get to know another facet of who you are, revealed In the healing of this paralyzed man by the pool of Bethesda. Lord, we're excited, Lord, to be able to trust you all over again. Lord, in this area of our lives, in the area of healing, Lord, we're excited to believe you just for your work to happen in our lives, your miraculous work, Lord, to continue to be demonstrated in each of our lives as your word is proclaimed, Lord, as your, as faith, Lord, is exercised in the midst, in in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of this series, uh, I I mentioned to you that the first miracle I ever saw firsthand of of an instantaneous healing was that on the floating restaurant in Rojas Boulevard of this guy who got healed from scoliosis. The second one that I saw was of a student, a student in UP, Manila. It was where I was ministering at that time. This was uh, possibly uh, circa 2001. And this this lady had much pain in, in her back. So what we, what we did was, okay, so let's, let's pray for you. We allowed her to sit down, just, just to be able to test, you know, just some diagnostics. In fact, she put her back against the wall, put her back flat against the wall, and then just laid her feet like that. And then we saw there was, there was at least a little over an inch difference in her leg length. While sitting back like that. So here we were, we were saying, Lord, what do we do? Okay, God, we'll pray. So we'll pray. So along with some student leaders, we began to pray for this student. I'll just put her name as LT. Not Lorna Tolentino. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was her name. So, we, and, and her background was, was quite amazing. You know, she, she came from the radical leftist side. And uh, she'd be very, uh, even as a freshman student, she'd go to a group of students and then just talk to them uh, about these ideologies. And then she got saved on campus. And then eventually, she used that same boldness to be able to preach about Christ. And here she was suffering from pain. And it was a moment, it was almost evening. I mean, almost six o'clock, I think. I think it was after the, the um, or beyond six, it was after the youth service. And then we began to pray for her. We began to pray for her. And uh, and as we as we were praying, you know, I kid you not, I literally saw the leg move forward. You know, as her back was still flat against the wall, I literally saw the leg move forward like that. It was the right. It was it was it was the shorter leg. You know, it's difficult if it would be the long the longer leg that would move, right? So it's the shorter leg that began to move, and then and then it stopped. I mean, it actually stopped. It stopped right when the two legs were already of the same length. And man, and we were. She was crying. I was. I. I. I didn't know what to do. I. I had to run outside and began to tell the other students, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" And uh, I. I. You know. I, I. I. I was not able to contact the woman anymore, which is why I. I can't say her name here. But you know, I was saying so and so got healed. So and so got healed inside the office. Come, come and let's see. And so and then she. She began to tell her story to these students. She was just crying all over, and I realized this, Lord. That was another moment. God, thank you so much. Firsthand to be able to see such a miracle. I pray that you would be able to experience God's own intervention and work and miraculous work in your lives. Now I know we don't get to see that every day, right? But we said, be realistic. Expect miracles every day. Just recently, um, just recently, uh, someone messaged me, one of our staff from Victory Silang. Um, and you know, I, I, I came to know these, uh, this couple, um, I, I think around five years back and they attended our school, our schools of ministry. And then she had a sister. Uh, she had a sister whose name is Mai there. I, I got this from a, from an FB post. So that's already public to begin with. And apparently Mai was giving a testimony last January one of a miraculous healing that she received. And then this staff member, uh, Told me her name's Madel. Uh, from Victory. Message me. Thank you, Pastor John. God is faithful. My sister, you prayed for last time, was diagnosed with stage three cancer. It's now stage one. They had to repeat the test five times. All glory to the Lord. Mama is with a healer, and we rejoice even in the midst of mourning. Let me go back a bit to the story. We had a chance to meet them last November. And when we did a marriage and parenting seminar in Victory Silang, we had a chance to be able to pray for them. There are three sisters. Uh, One was on staff. Another one was the wife of a dear friend from way back. And then I met Mai. And then as we were praying for Mai that particular day in November, and we were just believing God, Lord, thank you so much that you would move in a powerful way. And then they got to visit here. One time that they were walking around in a valley on a Sunday. So, And we had a chance to pray for her again here, I think. But it was that time, that time, that their mom was struggling. No, they were not walking around in the valley. They were here because they were in the hospital. Their mom was struggling in the ICU. Their mom, their mom passed away that day. They did not receive that miracle. They were praying for the miraculous healing of their mom, but apparently after that, Mai, I think she was she should probably be the second in the family among the three girls. Mai received her healing because after that. When she got diagnosed again by the doctor, CT scan was done five times just to be able to look for the things that were seen in the last CT scan. And then they could not see the tumor anymore. So I was actually encouraged because they were in the midst of mourning, but they were at the same time rejoicing that the Lord moved in a miraculous way in their life. God still does miraculous healings up until this day. And I pray that your hearts, your faith would be encouraged to begin to believe God for such things as well, whether in your life or okay, as you pray for other people. And we'd like for you to believe, to take, to go take a step of faith, to believe God for healing, even for other people. Let's go back to the passage. After this, it says there there was a feast of the Jews. The after this is indefinite. But we go from the story in John chapter 4. You remember the story of the Samaritan woman by the well. And then the story of the healing of the official son. And then it says, after this, there was another feast in Jerusalem. We don't know exactly which one. It might have been the Feast of Tabernacles, which is right around August, September. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonies. This is historical. We had a chance in, in, in my first time to be able to visit Israel around 2016, we actually saw this, you know, it's a series of pools and it's got five roofed colonnades. And in, in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And one man was there who'd been an invalid for 38 years. Now, looking at the situation of this man, this is a very desperate situation. Again, a very hopeless one. In fact, if you've been hoping, believing for 38 years and still it has not happened. Any one of us, even the best of us, would already exactly know his level of hope or helplessness. But apparently still there. So I have so many questions, in fact. Who brought him there? Who feeds him? If he's a layman, he can't move around. Do they bring him home again at the end of the day? Who cleans up after him? I mean, yeah, think about that. If you're just there, Living there or, or did, did a family member leave him there and never came back again and that would be another hurt? So I, I could imagine I mean, what's going on in this person's life as he's been waiting there, waiting there, hopeless and helpless, and maybe even he or he does not hope anymore. He says that he can't do anything about it because he's been left there already by his loved ones. And again, we don't know. we're just thinking about the proper the, the context, the possible context of this story. but this guy Has been struggling in his struggle for those 38 years. And yet, he's about to experience his breakthrough. Ito na, malapit na. If you're in the middle of your own struggle, I pray that the Lord would encourage you today. If it's been five years, if it's been 10 years, if it's been two months, may the Lord encourage you that breakthrough could be or is around the corner, would you continue to believe that the Lord could, Im- could just out of the blue enter into your world, intervene at His own sovereignty? Would you be willing to believe? Would you be willing to trust? Would you be willing to put faith that Lord, there still could be hope if this man was given that breakthrough after 38 years and that was purposeful in God's sight? Think about that for a moment. Jesus went there and as far as what's recorded, He only healed this man. But in, around the pool of Bethesda, there was a multitude. And you know if I were, G- if I were Jesus, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, uh, if, well, if I were him, uh, for sure I'm not him. But, you know, I, and, and in my own mind, I'd be thinking about uh, equitability, <sighs> equality. Like, you know, like heal everyone there. There's a multitude of them, but he only heals this guy. And then he slips back into the crowd. And that might have been very purposeful. That might have been a, a very specific message to this man and to the crowd you know in terms of who Jesus is the following verse when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time he said to him do you want to be healed how long have you been waiting 5 10 15 20 years whether that be a healing a breakthrough A prayer, a plea, a pleading from God. It could be relationships in your family. It could be having children. It could be financial breakthrough. Um, It it could be salvation for your family members. How long have you been praying? I've been praying for 30 years now for my family to be established in church. You know, especially in the province. You know, and they've in many ways responded to the gospel. But I'm still praying, Lord, Lord, be the one to establish them in the faith. Let them grow. You know and, and, you know, and it still has not happened in that way yet. And yet, I'm still waiting. But it's been 30 plus years. I'm still waiting. Jesus is still asking today, do you want to be healed? My encouragement, don't let go of your hope. Don't let go of your faith. Don't let go of your expectancy. Don't let go of the possibility, could it be, could it be, could it be, Lord, that this would be the day. You know, a while ago, the, the volunteers for this service, we huddled together before the, before the service, around uh, 45 minutes prior. And part of our conversation was this. Jonathan, in a story in 2 Samuel, Jonathan and David, that story. Jonathan, king, that David was not yet king at this time. Saul was the king. And uh, Dave and Jonathan with his armor bearer came to the Philistine camp. They were about to go up the mountain, and they were saying, Let's go up to the Philistine camp. Testing lang natin. Let's just try it. Okay, Tarasubu lang natin. Perhaps the Lord will move. Perhaps the Lord will move. Because that nothing will could prevent the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. The point is, even if we don't have the whole Israelite army ra- now, perhaps the Lord will move on our behalf. Perhaps nothing hinders the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And I think the Lord, the Lord was pleased with Jonathan's faith. The armor bearer said, go do whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm, I'm right behind you. And literally, they were risking their lives on a perhaps. On a perhaps. But would you be willing to also have that kind of faith as well? Perhaps this would be the day that the Lord will heal. Perhaps this would be the day that the Lord will move. Perhaps this would be the day that the Lord will release a breakthrough. But you know, understand this. The release of the breakthrough is not equivalent to His love for you. The release of the breakthrough is not equivalent to His sovereignty over your life or to how He is in control and at work in your life. They are not equivalent. They're not directly proportional or inversely proportional. It's different. As far as the Lord's love is for you and His work in your life, that's a solid already. Now, the way that He wants to move, whether by healing now or later in the future, that's God's prerogative. Give that to Him. But as for you, continue to trust the Lord. Until today, the Lord's asking you. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Marami pa na ako mga prayer na naka lutang pa. And Lord, yes, I still want to be healed. Lord, I still want to be healed. Is your posture still that of faith? Is your posture consistently still of faith? The sick man answered and you you would already immediately you know, rem- I feel his frustration. He did not answer Jesus' question. In fact, it was almost like, Are you pranking me? <laughs> What's the point of the question? I've been waiting for 38 years, and as far as means, ways, and means are concerned, there are no ways and means for me. It just would not work. And, you know, that's a measure of frustration, disillusionment, helplessness, and hopelessness. And then Jesus said to him, you know, puts all of that aside and says, and apparently the man did not have faith. We. Oui. So, even if the man actually does not have faith, Jesus would still go out and heal him. Oh, that's, that's something for us to think about. Really? So yes, Jesus heals on the basis of faith. Jesus heals on the basis of faith. But but apparently, even if the man did not have that kind of faith, Jesus had faith for the man to be healed. The question stands, and I'm not sure if the man actually went to the other side and said, Yeah, you're right. I really want to be healed. But as far as we know, based on the account, apparently the man did not cross that line, but Jesus had faith. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Lord, I love that. God, would you do that again in our day? Would you do that again in our day? And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. And I pray for us here now that the Lord will stir up your faith. That the Lord will begin to stir up your faith. That the Lord could be speaking to us and bringing healing to us. That the Lord could be, you know, perhaps this is the day that the Lord will do it. Perhaps this is the day that He will release the breakthrough. And we would like to continue to stand and believe with you. Jesus said to him, take up, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. Main lesson, Jesus delivers from sickness. He delivers from sickness. You might be wondering, all right, yeah, I get that. No, 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 no. Aside from the fact that yes, Jesus did that during the time that He was alive, there's a legal reason how Jesus delivers from sickness. There's a legal reason why Jesus delivers or how Jesus delivers from sickness. Galatians 3 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So this is what happened at the cross. At the cross, Jesus became a curse for us. Jesus took our curse. What's the curse of the law? The curse of the law, the curse of disobedience. You'll find that in Deuteronomy 28. Because of disobedience, the Lord will visit you with plagues, with famine, with pestilence until you are destroyed. You think about that. Whoa, Lord, that's too strong. Too strong. But that was in the Old Testament. And now in the New Testament, Jesus reveals an aspect of who He is. I died. Now, of course, in John, it was not yet that. You know, this was in the future of John at the end of the story. But now, in retrospect, looking back, we're looking back and and saying, you're right. Jesus has every right to heal people. You know why? Because He took the curse of sin, which includes sickness, poverty, poverty, of slavery, and everything else that sin has done in our lives. Jesus took the curse of sin because He was hung on a tree. And by virtue of that sacrifice, He has taken all of that and has given you His blessing instead. That's the story of the gospel. And we're proclaiming to you the gospel all over again today. Jesus has taken our sickness, and therefore we can believe for healing. We can believe for healing. Your answer to that question could be, Yes, Lord, I do want to be healed. Lord, I've been waiting a long time. Yeah, you're right. parehong pareho ng tono, ng invalid. Lord, I've been waiting a long time. Lord, tagal nyo naman. Lord, bakit wala pa ring nangyayari? Lord, I've been waiting a long time. Why has my breakthrough not yet happened? Instead of going along those lines, just go ahead and answer the question. Lord, yes, I do want to get healed. Yes, God, I do want to get healed. I'd like for us to, to think be behind that for a moment. You know, and recognize that it was Jesus who initiated this. It was Jesus who initiated this. You see, Jesus is initiating the question for you. He is not indifferent towards you. He is not nonchalant towards you. not. He does not ignore you. He, he in fact, is initiating the question and stirring up your faith and giving you an opportunity to respond, giving you an opportunity to take stock of your life and take stock of your circumstances in light of the Word of God and in light of who Jesus is. Receive this today. The Lord loves you. The Lord sees you. The Lord knows you. And is initiating the question, Do you want to get healed? Will you be willing to put faith in me again? To believe in me again? Because I can, I can, I can. In light of what you've experienced in the past decades, despite all of the disillusionment you've had in the past, will you be willing to believe in Jesus again today? Because He loves you. Because He loves you. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the Lord did heal the crippled man. Now, enter the Pharisees. (laughs) Now the story, the plot thickens. Now that day was the Sabbath. Okay, now, if a person would get healed like that, I mean, me, a normal bystander, would just be awed by the miracle. It would not matter whatever day it was done. But, but, the Pharisees noticed so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath, not lawful for you. And you would see here the absurdity the absurdity sometimes of religiosity and legalism. That man, you didn't even notice the healing. You know, what was more important was, Hey, you should not be carrying your mat. I mean, whoa, Lord, nagalang parang labuno na. Ah, hindi ka pwedeng maheal. Oh, bakit? Kasi short shorts ang suot mo. Dapat kasi Sunday clothes ang suot mo ngayon. Okay, Sunday clothes ha? 'Yon kasi hindi ka pwedeng maheal. Parang take lang, let's just get behind beyond all of that. Get beyond all of the religiosity and the legalism and say, "Hey, the Lord does love you and wants to do a miracle for you. Would you be willing to believe him?" Would we be willing to go beyond all of the trappings of the law sometimes? and be able to see what Jesus is doing or what Jesus has done. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, Who's the man? And of course, you know, the, the paralytic... Somebody said this. There's one perspective that uh, this guy, Malabo itong mamang to. This paralytic guy. Una, we're not even sure if he's really thankful. If he was even thankful. He, was, he didn't even bother to, ano, to, to, to even know. To even know the person who healed him, and then eventually sinuplung niya sa Jews. You know, he leaked out to the Jews who the guy was, and you know, he was probably not ignorant of the possible consequences on Jesus when he said Jesus was the one who healed me on the Sabbath. He was shifting the blame. Don't blame me for carrying my mat. Rather, it was this guy, Jesus. So it's almost like disrespectful and ungrateful, right? That's a perspective. But I, I love one particular scholar. He said, "You know what? He was probably just dull." If you've been there for 38 years and has known nothing else except being paralyzed, I mean, whoa, would you even really care to know? Or he was just probably rejoicing, running around, you know, and going to the people, I'm healed. I'm healed! I'm healed! And, and then, well, looking back and say, oh, Oh, no, no, he's no longer here. I'm sorry. What was his name again? I didn't even know. I know his face. But, you know, and he was probably just so excited by telling the Jews again, I know another guy. He's Jesus. You know, I met him a while ago. I mean, he's awesome. You know, it, that's, that's also a possible take on the story. But, you know, that's beyond us. The point of the story, though, is that Jesus asked him if he would be healed and then Jesus healed him. And then, brought in another truth into his life. You see, the healing, the healing apparently was just a platform for something else that Jesus wanted to say to him. It says here, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more. In our discussions, I love what Pastor Jerry said about this. He said, apparently there's something worse than sickness, which is sin. Now, we don't necessarily see it that way, right? I mean, sickness, that's bad, really bad. Sin, okay lang kasi you can hide it. It does not immediately have those consequences in your life. But apparently, from Jesus' perspective, sin is worse than the paralysis. The potential effects of sin in this man's life could be worse than the sickness he's had for 38 years. That should bring the fear of God on us. The good news, though, is Jesus pointed that out so that He can deliver the man. And that's exactly what He did at the cross for us. Jesus delivers from sin. This particular story of the lame man, the third miraculous sign that John, in his gospel records, points towards the cross. Points towards the fact that Jesus not only can deliver us from sickness, which is temporary, He can deliver us from sin, which has eternal consequences, which is your greater disease. It's your greater disease. Way worse than the cancer is sin. Way worse than any sickness we might ever face is sin. And I pray that our perspective may begin to change. You're right. Because sickness only affects me here in this life. But sin, sin affects me for eternity. Sin destroys my life, not just in this life, but for eternity. And yes, I need to be delivered from sickness. But I need, all the more, I need to be delivered from sin. And for those of us who might say, Oh, God did not move in my life because He did not yet heal me from my sickness. Then this I say to you, but He did forgive you. And that is the greater miracle. He did forgive you. And that is the greater miracle. In light of that perspective, then every other prayer, every other possible potential disappointment, we may have towards God in relation to how He chooses to or not to answer our prayer in the way we expect it or desire it, in light of all of that, all of a sudden, those accusations, they're no longer material. Any accusation you might throw to God such that, oh Lord, you did not answer my prayer in this way and that, all of those are immaterial. You know why? Because Jesus did heal you. The real issue, he solved with his death on the cross and with his resurrection from the dead. So this particular story, it tells us that miracles reveal that Jesus delivers from sickness. Yes, sickness and sin, which is the greater issue, the bigger thing. I love this passage, the last part, the way that the story concludes. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. I know that probably incriminates Jesus. You're right. But I love the fact that the man recognized Jesus as his healer. And that, that, that alone is huge. Jesus is my healer. The man recognized it, acknowledged it. And this is my prayer. And my hope is that the man encountered Jesus and came to know who he is. You know why? In the latter part of the story, not part of the of the of the passage we read, in the latter part of the story, on the basis of that, on the basis of that, Jesus makes his claim. Yeah, you're right. I healed on the Sabbath. My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That is the greater revelation in that story. Jesus is the man's healer, and on the basis of that, Jesus says, I and the father were the same. I and the father were both working on the Sabbath. I and the father, we are one. He was making himself equal with God. And that's the bigger revelation of the miracle. Remember, each one of the miracles, they're miraculous signs. They point to who Jesus is, validating that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, we may have life in His name. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.